This is Michael Easley in context. Follow Michael on Twitter at Dr. Easley. And now your host, Dr. Michael Easley. It's a delight to have Dr. Ahmad Shihadi in the studio today. Ahmad, thank you for being here. It's an honor. Thank you. It is an honor for us to have you here. Now, when did you land from the from Jordan to the States? How long have you been in the States? Uh, it's been about two weeks. Oh, so you're, uh, so, yeah. you're somewhat is, acclimated. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. See, yeah. I, I thought you got off a plane from Jordan today. No, but my body's beginning to get ready to, <laughs> <laughs> to the other clock. I'm sure you're ready to go home. Um, Ahmad, you and I were at, at uh, Dallas Seminary about the same time frame. Right. Um, when you went to Dallas, did you have any idea that you were going to be leading the only evangelical seminary in the Middle East? Well, I had some idea, but wasn't sure if it's going if if it was going to work out or if it was really the need uh, at that time. I needed to do some investigation first. Dr. Shihadi is the founder and president of the Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary, also known as JETS. He's a senior professor of systematic theology. His wife, Julia, serves as the JETS spiritual advisor for women. Since 1999, JETS has targeted 22 Arab speaking? That's right. Since 1991, it's been, uh, that's our target, the 22 Arabic speaking countries of, of the, the Middle, Middle East. East. Yeah, and um, Arab Peninsula, North Africa, that's a block of about 300 million people. 300 million people. Yeah. Now, the, the big story that we might want to start with is how you became an accredited, approved school in yeah. Amman, Jordan, as a patently evangelical Christian. Yeah, that's uh, it. Really, is a miracle, a series of miracles, actually. Well, first of all, it started with with the burden, the conviction that this is really a need to train Arab men and women for ministry, and we thought we could do it maybe uh, small underground like that, but we had to be public, it had to be registered by the government, and uh, that was the first challenge to get licensed by the Jordanian government, and. Um, it, we had rejection after rejection for four year, five years of trying and trying, being rejected, and finally it, it happened through a, a series of just answers to prayer, miraculous. Uh, everybody was giving up and it looked like it was not working, but we kept at it. And there was this burden on the heart to keep going, and um, we've we've had even just such help from unexpected places from outside Jordan. The United States helped us, um, and. Um, that was unexpected, but it, it worked to our favor. And initially, um, it was not really clear to the country what we were all about. Mm. But as we grew and very big, um, then it became, um, <clears throat> there were some pressures we had to work through. And I cannot obviously say everything, but, but we've, we've been really amazed at what God had done. This is now almost 25 years, and we've had... We've grown to have graduates in 18 countries, planting churches and teaching and writing and uh, unbelievable. And, uh, uh, you know, that's God's doing. When you drive up to your office at JETS <laughs> and uh, as folks can go on website and see a little bit of the seminary, yes. um, it's got to blow your mind. Yes. From where that prayer and burden and rejection for five years and now what God has done. Yes. It really is amazing. It's just uh we're full of thanksgiving to the Lord, and as long as we're focused on Him, it's all about Him, and we're uh, sinners saved by grace, and we're 
if we're always aware of that and what God, Christ has done, the gospel, and just sharing it, and then, and then bring out the beauty of our faith uh, in contrast to what people are used to uh, in the Middle East. Tell us about your upbringing, how you were raised. Okay, I am uh, not from a Muslim background. Um, I'm originally a Palestinian. I, my parents had to leave Israel then in the 40s when Israel was becoming a state, and they thought it was going to be just a couple of weeks before they returned, mm. and they were not able to return. So I was born to Palestinian parents in Jordan, and we were always waiting to go back home. We lived on very little, but it never worked. It never happened. So we became citizens of the country of Jordan. Being born in Jordan, were you Jordanian? Yeah, became okay. Jordanian later on. But oh, later on. Yeah, but I'm. Uh, there's a category that sure, I'm not originally sure. a Jordanian. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Thankfully, we became Jordanians. Now, um, in the Middle East, uh, in the average statistic is that 96% would be Muslim. The remaining 4%, most of those would be from the Orthodox tradition, like Coptic Orthodox or Greek, Greek Orthodox. <clears throat> So I was from the Greek Orthodox. My parents were from the Greek Orthodox Church. This is the largest in Jordan. Mm -hmm. It would be the, the Coptic Church in Egypt, like that. Um, and so I grew up in that. Now, you know, I um, was not really in the faith, in the Christian faith. You know, on, on our ID cards, our national ID, it says whether we're Christian or, or not. At what, least, what, are the other, what are the options on that ID card? It's either Christian or Muslim. Okay. Now, uh, if if I'm if I'm not uh, if I'm a Christian from a Christian background, I have the freedom to become anything I want, really. But the others do not have that that freedom. It's very costly. So, actually, had I been uh, a non-Christian background, a Muslim background, I would not be able to do what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Wow! So, in God's sovereignty, this this worked to our to our favor. Mm -hmm. So, and then, uh, of course. It's been against current all the way. It still is. You know, the, the bigger we became, the more of a target. Um, so, um, <clears throat> but we're we're thankful for that. So, how how did uh, how did Ahmad come to know Christ? Well, I came to this country, the United States, in the 1972, as an international student. Beginning of my third year, a fellow student uh, approached me and didn't know him. Know him and asked to talk to me about spiritual things. <clears throat> he shared with me the four spiritual laws. <laughs> I did not accept right away, but we became friends. <clears throat> I joined his Bible study, and a few weeks into that, I became aware of my distance from God, and I trusted Christ, and it was just a powerful, amazing change. And Lee, who won me to the Lord, continued to disciple me, show me how to share my faith, you know, taught me the scriptures, at the end of about three years, I had Bible studies behind me, just like he did with me, and a very clear calling to go back uh, to to go back home, uh, which I was not planning on doing, but this all changed. So. Well, and even in some of your materials, you speak of the importance of having a seminary in Jordan, right. uh, because if they come to the West or other right. countries, they won't typically return. Right, exactly. So God stirred something in you and said, you've got to go right. home. Right, exactly. And you know, there's the other factor of, so there are so many Christians migrating from the Middle East. <clears throat> but then when you take godly men and women and 
and, and train them, equip them uh, with with this material, this theological education, when they see the beauty of the Christian faith, suddenly they realize they've got tools in their hands and they, they can make a difference. And they change their mind about leaving the Middle East. They, they want mm-hmm. to stay and plant churches and make a difference and strengthen Christianity over there. So that becomes all the more important. You were talking about course offerings, and I went through your site today and was reading a lot of the titles and uh, how, how you uh, codify classes, let's call it that. Um, interesting to me, um, there's a lot of um, mediation kind of conflict management uh, overtures, in, and I'm reading between the lines there some, but if I'm an Arab Christian and I come to Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary, you're not only training me in biblical theology, but you're training me on how to live in a spiritual conflict. Right. Yes, and so many Christians have, you know, still have to be, mm, let's say, um, corrected. They have wrong concepts of God. That's what they've raised. They've been raised in in their school system. Uh, that's all they hear, and so we have to. In a way, if I may use that term, clean up, mm-hmm. and then and then present the truth in a uh, in a in a new way, in a creative way. So our courses would have to be tailor made for that kind of thinking. So we, you know, course after course, if we, for example, begin with the scriptures. So then we have to talk about inspiration and their concept of inspiration, uh, the typical Arab person would be very different than the biblical, con- biblical concept, uh, and which is very parallel to our understanding of God coming down to us, revealing himself, and working through the human authors, um, but then overseeing that works of the Holy Spirit. So in the end, you have an inerrant God's word, you know, but then the, the characters of the author still... Uh, are clear. So you you know mm-hmm. Paul from John from Peter. Uh, it's not by dictation. It's not an aloof God, distant who is just dictating. He's just involved. He comes down to us. So we we go through this uh, and and show the difference between uh, the biblical understanding of inspiration and and otherwise. Then if we talk about God Himself, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, well, are we talking about the same God? That's an issue we have to to face. And then. Than to show the difference, we have, we're talking about about our God. It's a God in relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What difference does that make? And you know, when we see the lights go on as they you know compare and contrast and see what are the implications if God is not triune. What mm-hmm. what happens? Mm-hmm. And it's and they they see the the horror. It's it's horrifying. And actually, when you when you um, end up. When you study, when you study error, it makes you appreciate truth. You come back to the scripture and scriptures and worship in a new way, mm. and on and on. The same thing with with um, <clears throat> salvation, incarnation would, you know, in our context, you know, that's not befitting of God to come, become man. Right. You know, so so we have to go through that and show that it's part of the greatness of God to reach down to us it's does it's not demeaning of God to come down to us it's a, it's a reverse you know and and just and on 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 and on you know showing the the need for regeneration we're not saved our context says um you know you're saved by more information you just man does just just does not know enough he needs mm-hmm. more information um <clears throat> And ideally, would be the utopia would be the Sharia law. 
And we have to show that the law, it just the law fails. It, it fails. And then it, it's, uh, it's not what man is trying to do to achieve and go up towards God. It's God coming down to us. And then verses like Romans 3.21 says, you know, without the law, the, the righteousness, righteousness of God has been revealed through the death of Christ and God bestowing, imputing his righteousness on us. That's grace. That's amazing. That's foreign concept to just to show what what that means and and uh, <clears throat> and uh, for 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 the price it took for God to do that so that He remains righteous, but then He gives us right His righteousness because there's a there's a heavy price involved in this uh, because of His holiness. And so, you know, so it's it's amazing to see how. Uh, this is all related to the Trinity. When you don't have a triune God, you cannot have salvation. Mm-hmm. But they need to see that that connection. So we have to work through that. We have a small group in our home every Sunday night, Sunday night, and um, I make them read a handbook of theology, uh-huh. which they sort of love and hate. <laughs> we spend uh, two years studying the Bible and teaching theology, and I try to show them that apart from a Trinitarian doctrine, there is no salvation. Mm-hmm. And it's extraordinary to see those lights go on and extraordinary to see, you know, why wasn't I taught this in church or in Sunday school (laughs) or whatever? But it's a universal problem, isn't it? Um, Let's change a little bit and talk about Arab Christians, because for the Western mind, admittedly, we're not real well versed on the Middle East. We think of it primarily as an Islamic culture, and that's Mm -hmm. about it. But there are Arab believers. Uh, Unpack that for us. Well, if you read... The book of Acts, you find that amongst the groups that were the day of Pentecost were Arabs, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they've stayed there. Uh, and the church, the Arab church, the church of Christian believers from who were Arabs were there from the first century, and they stayed in the Middle East. Of course, through the centuries, they tended to go the ritual, ritualistic kind of um, religion, but at least they maintained presence, and they gave that gave it continuity. It wasn't until the sixth century that Islam uh, showed up, <clears throat> and then uh, there's the, um, uh, you know, of course, we're very thankful for for the, the presence of the church, the Arab church. But most people in the West don't think of Arabs as there that there are Arabs who are Christian and not Muslim. Um, and um, today, um, the you can you can go to Arab countries and find churches visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can go in and worship. Of course, some Arab countries don't allow churches, but you can find in countries like Jordan, Egypt, Sudan, mm-hmm. Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, you can go and, and worship. But then these these churches are um, mostly believers, but, but they're not from a Muslim background. That's not allowed. So th- there would be believers from just within Christendom, most of them would have come from Orthodox Church and to a lesser extent, the Catholic Church. And so that's that's the makeup of the church today. Of course, there are believers from the majority um, uh, people, but they are not public. And But it's a growing phenomenon, and we're very thankful for it. And and but we have to be careful. Uh, um, you know, we we want to make sure that we're not misunderstood. We that some, it evangelism, sharing the gospel is often viewed 
in political terms in, in our context. So we have mm. to really be careful how we communicate the gospel and how we show true, genuine love. Um, and Is it an uh, oversimplification uh, to say for the Western listener that um, Islam is a political, religious political system? You can't separate it. Right. And so when you're talking about sharing a faith or can you go to a different church the way a, a Christian mind, mm-hmm. American mind might view it, you can't separate those two. Right. Exactly. And so this is where the vitriol begins is you're right. talking about a whole philosophical system that's, that's enmeshed together. Yes. And you exist in the Middle East where that's the predominant religious, socio-religious political right. system. Yes. Yeah, and, and exactly right. And... Um, we look forward to the day when, when there would be complete freedom for people to believe what they want and in peace, mm-hmm. you know. And but we're we're trying. It's, um, we want to make sure we're always loving and and um, uh, uh, wise about it and how to do it. Um, Another concept that uh, may be unknown to Westerners is the the name Allah. Um, and, and, and this issue, it's often asked, are we talking about the same God? You know. Well, <laughs> the interesting thing is that the word Allah was around before Islam came on the scene. And actually, when you do ling- linguistic study, you find that that's really from the Aramaic, this is what the Jews and Christians use, that word Allaha in, in Aramaic. This is a, the word that Jesus would have used to, to refer to God. So it's really our word, not their word. Of course, they took that word and then defined, and defined it differently. So we're talking about the, maybe the same subject as a word, but a different predicate. So actually, the Christian Bible today has that word Allah from cover to cover. So Allah so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But then, because you have the same word, does not mean you're talking about the same God. Person. Mm-hmm. Same person. So we have to show what, what is the difference? What, how, how can we learn and what is that difference? So This, of course, became an enormous issue for translators. Of course. Um, new tribes. Uh, Wycliffe went through a, a lot yes. of debate right. about what to do with that very issue. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more about um, what's a university um, like JETS try to accomplish with this. Is it fair to call it a multi-ethnic? I mean, even though you're primarily bringing Arab Christian students in, they're coming from very different backgrounds. Right. They are. Well, they um, the one thing uh, that works to our advantage is that each Arab country has its own dialect, but but all the Arab countries have the classical Arabic, the classical Quranic Arabic. So I go to a country like Algeria and hear their colloquial day-to-day language, I I have a hard time understanding it. Mm. But we can both shift to classical Arabic and there's instant communication. It's kind of of like uh, speaking Shakespearean English. (laughs) It's even more distant than that. But Mm -hmm. But at least we have that advantage, and this is the language we try to use at the seminary mm-hmm. uh, there. so, But then it's it, there's richness there because it's very good for Arabs to meet each other in this kind of a context of the community life. And they, they see the different cultures and they mix and they learn from each other. And it's, it's just really wonderful. Um, so, so where are your students coming from? Well, we, 
we try we try to get students as many as we can from the 22 Arabic countries, but we can't cannot often get them. Um, we're limited by how many uh, the, the government of Jordan lets us in. So we may accept a hundred, um, and then only ten are allowed in. Uh, but then also the sending countries may have difficulty get, granting a visa to their people leaving their countries. But we ended up, most of our students come from the immediate surrounding countries of Jordan. So they would come from <clears throat> countries like Iraq, big numbers, Syria, um, from Egypt, from Sudan, from Israel, Palestine. And then to lesser, num lesser numbers come from other, uh, other countries. Now, mind you, there are other programs in the Middle East, uh, other teaching programs or schools. Uh, there's a Baptist seminary in Beirut, Lebanon. There's a Presbyterian seminary in Cairo. I'm, I'm naming the main ones. Uh, there's Bethlehem Bible College in, in the West Bethlehem, Bank. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also the uh, TEE, Theological Education by Extension, which is lay training. These are the, the main ones, and there's, there's uh, JETS. <clears throat> of course, JETS is not denominationally related. Um, which works to our, to our advantage. And so um, I think we've um, been at this so long that it, we've learned a lot of lessons. It's, a, it's a, just an amazing um, privilege work to see God work. How many um, full-time staff do you have right now? We have a total of uh, 49. Uh, that includes staff and faculty. Mm -hmm. We depend on adjunct faculty a lot, especially for the master's level program. <clears throat> and about how many adjunct professors? Fourteen. Fourteen. They're okay. regular adjunct. Uh, okay. So Dallas has a lion's share of this. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, yeah, that's how we... So it's an international community. We have um, several nationalities, uh, Western nationalities working with us. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> so um, uh, we, we just uh, wish we could be... We could be much bigger than we are, but we, uh, we're thankful for what we have. On your website, you have a picture of the most recent graduation, and there's a... Um, a prayer a, tower. A prayer tower. Yes. Okay. Right. A prayer tower. And you chose a Greek inscription. Right. That says... That says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we kept it in Greek um, so that it does not offend anybody if it was in Arabic, let's say. That'd be, and, uh, and also it, it communicates this is an academic institution. But this is very much the heart, uh, you know, that verse kind of, it's a kind of a climactic uh, expression of the gospel in, in that uh, Christ who lives in us because of what he has done for us on the cross to forgive us and grant us his righteousness and then uh, give us a new nature, and He Himself, and through His Spirit, lives in us, and that's the hope of the glory right. in heaven. So that became that phrase became kind of a a defining phrase that's very much parallel to our mm -hmm. vision mission statement. Well, as I read it, I'm I'm seeing the the double play on it. Yes, you know, it, it, individually, but also contextually, where you are in the Middle right. East. This yeah. is the hope. It's not right. politics or religion yeah. or church systems. It's Christ working in individual individual lives, that's yeah. our hope. Mm -hmm. um, when you look forward, um, two things, your greatest joys and your greatest challenges. Well, um, the greatest joy is really the Lord himself and to, to stay there and uh, in, in what he has done for us and uh, just enjoying him and uh, our self-worth, our um, what we're about, we're about him. So... Uh, 
our graduation dedication of the campus it was a joy it was a celebration of the lord himself um so that's our first joy our challenges are um, we we wish we had more uh, freedom to communicate that to train more men and women to we're limited by what we're allowed to do and that's the biggest challenge of course nowadays added to that is the, the threat of uh, the militancy around us that's uh, uh, amazing uh, just so unprecedented so barbaric and uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of fear uh, in the Middle East right now but it's also this, there's a <clears throat> it's really also an opportunity like never before because so many people are are coming to Christ mm-hmm. because of that so. Now, you mentioned um, Syrian students. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be a, a very challenging ministry for those students coming from Syria right, right. now with mm-hmm. the current conflicts who are Arab Christians, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. And they're going to go back? Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Well, now, of course, in, b- before the Syrian troubles, we had more Syrian students. Uh, we've had less since the Syria troubles. But we, um, uh, we look for them. Um, those who are really called of the Lord to serve, you know, because we don't want, well, we want to make sure they're coming to seminary for the right reasons, you know, So because all every student that comes to JETS, they're given living allowance uh, because they're not supported by anybody. Mm-hmm. So every student costs us money to come. <clears throat> so um, we had a lot more Iraqis um, from the Gulf War of Iraq. We had in one year, 58 Iraqis joined wow. JETS. Godly people, and they went through. They stayed with us three years. They graduated and went back. And a lot of them went back to Iraq and started churches from north to south. And when My. when we started, there was only five um, assemblies in all of Iraq, five churches, evangelical churches, with no Iraqi pastor. They're all pastored by missionaries. But we sent all these missionaries back, and it was just amazing. We didn't have a, a, a similar experience with the Syrians, but we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of refugees coming to Jets in big numbers, we're not, we're not there yet. It's, it's a different group of people, um, but we do have them. Uh, we do have the Syrian students, and they're they're brokenhearted. They're just uh, at, at what happened to their country, and um, <clears throat> but they're being trained and waiting to go back. And they want to go back. Oh yes, absolutely. Most of our, our graduates go back. Well, I mean, they hear it all the time, every day. Yeah, <laughs> this is what Jets is about. You know, go back to your country. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah. you will go back. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> goodness. When when you think of a a student, I mean, I know there's many, but the one that pops into your head that brings the biggest smile across your face, mm-hmm. the way God used um, him or her, mm-hmm. uh, who comes to mind? Paint a picture of that person. Oh boy, so many of them. Um, one person um, just blossomed at seminary he was just started slow and just just blossomed and was a scholar but also had a heart for for to reach his people unfortunately he was taken in and and, and put in, in jail because he was so bold and um and i i never forget visiting him in jail and and he was weeping saying you know why am i in jail for for sharing the gospel but i i want to call out i was you know he finally uh went out and and went to Egypt. He's from Egypt. 
And my goodness, he went through a lot of persecution, but he was just used of the Lord so mightily. He's sharing his faith. Of course, he's from the majority people, which made it more difficult for mm-hmm. him. A lot of our graduates go to difficult countries, uh, poor economies, um, very little money. Uh, and this is where um, the church in the West uh, became more aware of these Arab missionaries to Arab lands. They're just as godly, just as um, intelligent, and they cost a lot less. Uh, mm. They don't need to learn a language or a culture, and mm. they're ready to go. And it makes more sense to support these people right. uh, like that. That's one, one story. He was just used of the Lord, especially in the southern part of Egypt, um, <clears throat> at great cost, and just sharing his faith. Um, I can share other stories. Uh, the Sudanese uh, graduates were able to start churches in the most difficult places, like Darfur, and, and, and just amazingly, just and, and cell groups... In, in big numbers, um, and, and they tell us, you know, without being sent, without being equipped, without you know, they, there's no way they would have done that. Right. And so, um, uh, and same stories in of Iraqis, difficult stories, Syrians, um, and uh, you know, and, and others, um, Yemen, Moroccan, and so forth. And again, I just wish we could have. I mean. Jets can have a thousand students right now. Overnight, we're ready. We have we have the staff. We have all the infrastructure. We're ready. We have the campus, but we're not allowed to have that many. You know, we're only ten percent, fifteen percent. So we need another miracle, like when you got your permission to That's have right. jets. Yes, we do. <laughs> we need some uh, government bureaucrat to stamp the right piece of paper. Right. Well, the. the, the <laughs> Oh, you know, a lot of people in government are great people. Yes. It's just that they, um, they, 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 all the Arab countries have to work in sync. That's a difficulty. Okay. You know, even if one country wanted to move forward, they cannot. It has to be in sync. Otherwise, they lose a lot. It'll be very difficult. That's the issue. So, but what's happening in the, in the Middle East right now is there's got to be sovereignty in this. Something is happening that's shaking the very foundations of the whole area. You know? Well, obviously not to get uh, political or often the government processes, but you would think with uh, with Arab money, which there's a lot, yes. um, and what you know, some of the challenges they're facing, that there would be some alignment to say this is time for us to unify on some right. greater schemes as well. But right. God is in the heavens, right? Right. And he does what he pleases with us. When I came to visit Israel and Jordan, which I've done many, many times, I uh, came across the border and we had a meal together and talked. And, and you challenged me a lot on thinking of uh, whose land it really is. Um, I've got a heart for Israel, been many, many times. There's a tense relationship between the Middle East, between Israel. How does that affect you? Oh, of course. This is very, very much a hot issue all the time. It's, it's a daily thing. Of course, uh, I'm I'm from a Palestinian background. Mm-hmm. I, my Palestinian, the Palestinians are most of the seventy percent of the Jordanian population. Uh, our students are from these Arab countries, and they they've been brought up to hate Israel because they the Arab feeling is that Israel was imposed on the Arab country. It was started uh, uh, immorally. They feel. Um, and Israel but, brought up to hate Palestinians. That's right. Exactly. For the most part. Right. So we have. So we have a challenge here because um, I want to show Arab believers that the, you know the, the issue of Israel. I mean, the word is everywhere um, in the Bible, and the Arab Christians tend to 
want to allegorize that word and make it only speak of the church. So we, but we, they miss out on the grace of God in giving another chance to, let's say, disobedient people, Israel. It's his his grace, and if that's if grace is not there, what do we have? We we just we're just back into the other religions, and you know that's where Christianity shines. Uh, that's mm-hmm. where God's faithfulness to His covenant and and giving you know being committed to fulfill His promises. So eschatology, which is the doctrine of the future, becomes a tool to communicate grace. And when our students, you know, just wake up to this and they see that they're thinking that by by, by hating the Jews, by not thinking um, of what these passages are talking about in the scriptures, they're not being Christian in their understanding. They're being uh, maybe thinking in other religions, not Christianity. And that's a, a wake-up call for them. So it's amazing to see them change and, and be drawn to the scriptures in a, in a new way. Of course, there are many issues here. I um, have to be careful how we say this, but there's also the, the, the importance of sometimes statements made by evangelical leaders in the West um, are, are taken, in a, taken in a wrong way in the East. It, it, these statements communicate a God who has favoritism to this nation, Israel, who is a God who wanted his will was to plant that nation there in spite of all the people living there and so forth. And that's not really our God. God really wants to bless all nations. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that nation, well, we show them that the Quran even speaks favorably of Israel, uh, and which is not sometimes talked about. Not, not often. Not often. And, mm-hmm. and um, even blames Israel for not having faith enough to possess the land that was written to them. That's a very strong word, written to them. So we, we point this out that, you know, we're not, if the Bible is Zionist, then so is the Quran, you know. <laughs> That's a very dangerous word, Zionist, you know. Right. So, but we're trying to find, you know, um, in all of this, God's love, God's grace, God's, you know, um, where in the Quran says there's no second chance, it's done with, but the Bible, Bible talks uh, differently. Um, so we, we we show that that difference. So the West has to be careful in how how to communicate future matters, uh, and the East has to be careful how to accept what the Bible says. Um, otherwise, otherwise we're allowing uh, bitterness or hatred rather than love, right. uh, and so forth. I often point out the Abrahamic covenant was to be a blessing to the world, right? Not just one people group, right? Exactly. And then, of course, by the time we come to the Great Commission, it's. Uh, uh, all ethnos, yes. you know, all ethnic groups. And then, right. of course, you mentioned Acts with Arabs. We've got, what, 13, I think, dialects that okay. are mentioned in Acts chapter yeah. 2, Parthians, Scythians, Medes, all these different groups of people. So somehow uh, the West, and I, I would put myself in there historically being guilty of that too, that you isolate, well, this is God's chosen people, God's chosen land. Yes, but <laughs> there's a lot more to it than just being an evangelical supporting uh, the political power of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the church in Israel's challenges are are not too dissimilar, because those that are trying to you know, really follow the scripture and not just follow the Zionism, if we want to use that word, mm-hmm. I mean they they can be you know ha- have the same challenges. How do we uh, our Arab Christian neighbors? I mean it's very difficult for those um, quarters yes. to get along. And uh, Romans nine through eleven are very balancing chapters. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, he has, uh, Paul has several statements uh, that are so so right on. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So, for example, says the Jews, you know, as far as the gospel is concerned, the Jews are enemies for yeah. your sake. But as far as election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. Mm-hmm. The balance is just amazing that mm-hmm. way. And then he says in the end, God has shut up all people in disobedience that he may have mercy on all. Oh, yes. that, that's the very heart of God. Eventually, that, that's the real eschatology, just in a simple statement like that. So um, we work through those passages. And, and even Paul's uh, you know, prayer lament that he would die right. for his own, he would give up his salvation if he right. could for his yeah. own people uh, to see you know, the gospel is not this you know, one people group uh, at one land at one time, but for the world. Dr. Ahmad Shahade, president of Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary, also known as JETS. Thanks for being with us on In Contact. If you have questions or comments, please let us know at michaelincontext.com. Subscribe to our newsletter for the latest news and information. Special thanks to our producers, Nicholas Peaks and Joe Pangalo. Thank you for listening to Michael Easley in Context.